And uh, would you like us to refer to you as Mr. Trenta Duway or Mr. Trenta Do? That's a great question to begin the podcast with. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's just yeah. start here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that's a great question because uh, I know that you have a couple of questions in here about my son. And the correct way to say it would be Trenta Duway, which is the way he says it. Yeah. But I've grown up always just saying Trenta Do. But the correct way would be Trenta Duway. Okay. That's uh, that's uh, good for me to clear up. <laughs> that's good for everybody at home to clear up. Every parent that's uh, mispronouncing it. Because, oh boy. Here we are today with Mr. Frank Trentadue, the assistant principal of the senior school, i.e. the only face that we really ever see. <laughs> thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I think this uh, club is a, a great club to, to have in the school. So, the voice of the school. Thank you. Thank you very much. As for the interviewers, here we have Mr. Yin Lee. Yes, Mr. Yin Lee. Yes. Uh, me, Clark Cinco, and we have somebody in the back, David Benjamin D. Let's get right on to the interview. Hello there, and welcome to our new series, The Minds Behind the Madness, in which we will be interviewing some of the some of the teachers here at VC and finding out what makes them tick. What do we not know about them that they'll tell us here, and everything else that you could possibly think about behind the madness. Of VC. So, Mr. Trentadue, can you just give us a brief history of your life before VC? I've been in education for 31 years. Uh, I taught uh, high school uh, the entire time. I taught English, religious studies, career studies. Um, I was in the guidance department and I was a director uh, as well. All of those years were at a, uh, a school in Toronto, Ontario. And uh, last year, the opportunity uh, came to me to come to BC, and I took it with open arms. As a result of my visit to BC in 2018, uh, I was here uh, on a conference, and I just fell in love with the, the province. And when the job opportunity came, I uh, jumped at it. And that wow. brought me to VC in the assistant principal's role. Oh, that's very nice. Does working with your son change anything in a workplace? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. And uh, actually a question that I had to answer as far as my interview when I was interviewing <laughs> for the job because he was a, stu uh, sorry, uh, a teacher here already. Uh, and, and my answer to that is, is quite um, simple. Um, as far as our working relationship is concerned, we treat it as a professional relationship. And so it does not matter that he is my son and it does not matter that I am his father. Uh, he is a teacher, I am an administrator, and we both have an educational pursuit or a common vision when it comes to delivering that education. And that's what really matters in the school. So no, um, there is no advantage to having a son at the school. Oh, I see. Oh, that's not, uh, well, you know what? That's what we expected. <laughs> we expected a professional answer from a professional man. Uh, <laughs> keeping on with the idea of teachers and such of the like, uh, what do you think about the teachers, the people here at VC? Is there anything uh, you'd like to say as a former teacher yourself? Yeah, so I met all of the teachers virtually. Uh, I was still in Ontario last June. When I, when I got hired for the job, I met all the teachers on a one-on-one -on -one, um, meeting, if you will. My immediate reaction 
to all of the teachers was there's a very strong sense of community amongst the staff at the school as well as a very strong faith-based foundation to to their mission or their vocation as educators it was very in that meeting or during those meetings was very um, I guess refreshing to see that the teachers believed they walked the talk I should say they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they simply walked the talk of the school and I've been many places in my career um, I think this is you know the first time I could say that it was strong throughout not just in in small you know cliques that's pretty impressive as a staff is concerned yeah, it's very um, important. And, and since I've been here, um, you know, working with the staff uh, professionally and developing relationships as well, all of those thoughts have been confirmed. So yeah. Ah, well, it's nice. It's nice to hear about uh, how good of a well a Catholic private institution that we are, right? Uh, if we could, if we wouldn't be able to hold that up, well. We wouldn't be much of a good school, wouldn't we? Would we? <laughs> no, and I think from a student perspective, uh, it's so important, I think, to see the leaders in the school, or your teachers, for that matter, model the mission of the school. I think that is prominent at this school, for sure. That's a, that's a, that's a shout-out to religion teacher. <laughs> uh, segwaying uh, directly from the idea of religion... Uh, as a religion teacher, how has God worked uh, for you in your life? Are there any specific experience you'd want to share with us? So, I mean, I got into teaching. I mean, I see teaching as a vocation, right? Um, all, you know, teachers in the Catholic faith uh, should be treating their, their, their profession as a calling in terms of uh, what kinds of messages they can give the students, not only from a content perspective, but also from the perspective of how to live their lives. And so, you know, I taught religion in my career. I taught English in my career. Uh, those are important. The content there is important. I think surrounding all that and, and what's even more important than the content of these subjects is the message of how to live life. And if I can bring a faith-based message, which is my Catholic foundation, then that's going to be the message that I want to give the students in terms of how to live their life. And, and I think living their life... Um, with in principles grounded in goodness, I think uh, is at the root of all religion, right? I think you know, as Jesus said, to "Do unto others as you would want done unto you." That's just goodness. That's how to live a good life. Uh, so, what's your general philosophy and and your outlook with education? How would you describe that? So, I mean, I think that goes along the same lines as my religious background and the faith-based education. I think it's more important for students to learn things that will help them live lives of goodness. Uh, certainly the content in terms of what we deliver is important for students to learn as far as uh, you know, becoming successful contributors to the, to the society and getting good jobs when they grow up and so on and so forth. 
But at the end of the day, if 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 you don't bring a sense of goodness to whatever it is you're doing, you're not, in my opinion, successful. So so more important than the content that we deliver, um, life lessons, I think, is probably most important. The content to me is the tools by which we deliver messages for life. On life lessons, then. Any specific life lessons you would like to tell the entirety of the school here in this podcast? Well, I did most of my teaching of life lessons, not only in the classroom, but also on the uh, athletic fields. I was a longtime football coach. I uh, did a lot of work in, in the area of, of football. Um, and, and I treated that sport not as a sport, but as a way to deliver these life lessons. And if you're asking me for a specific example, I would probably draw my son into this at this point. Uh, because this is where I think the greatest impact came. He played for me since he was a little boy. And um, most of my lessons always revolved around um, living life in goodness. Not so much winning the game, not so much winning the championship, so on and so forth. And I always felt that if you can, if you can, you know, learn the goodness part, chances are you're going to be a champion, so to speak. It worked out quite well for us because where I came from, we were a highly successful football team, much like the football teams and the athletic teams you have here. At the same time, if I see him coaching now, hmm. and if you ever saw me coach in the past you would say he looks identical to me. <laughs> and you would say, and I think he would agree with uh, this. I really think he would agree with this. It's a good <clears throat> that some of his messages yeah. are similar to the messages that I tried to give. Uh, and he would probably use the same phrases as well. <laughs> so, so that's an interesting uh, point for sure. So there you go. There you have it. We have football runs in the Trentadue family. Are there any particular challenges that you face to get here, like to VC? Well, moving to BC was a challenge in and of itself. So, so absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I took the job last March, uh, and that was at the onset of the pandemic. Having taken mm -hmm. the job at that point, I did not think that we'd still be in a pandemic in September. Well, here we are. And so wow. I got here in August, preparing for the new job, preparing for the new life in a brand new province with a brand new way of living which in this pandemic. Yeah. And I didn't think we'd be there. And here we are in February, still in, that pa in the pandemic. So a challenge? Absolutely. Um, it's been a challenge not only to get used to a new way of life, <clears throat> it's been a bit of a challenge in the new role as well. Um, Classes aren't run the same as they normally would be run, as yeah. you guys know. Yeah. yeah, of course. And therefore, everything is different. And so I don't really have... That's why I, 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 I'm happy to have this podcast, if you will. I haven't had the opportunity really to go around the school and meet a lot of the students yep. as I would normally meet in a normal school year and that has been a bit of a challenge and that's one of my you know biggest things that i'd like to work on moving forward 
trying to build upon, trying to build relationships with kids in, in an environment that is not really conducive to building these relationships. 215 comes around, the building evacuates. Yeah. There's no lockers, kids are not hanging around the lockers. They get here at 815 and they go straight to their classroom because these are all the rules. So there's, there's no real relationship building mm -hmm. from that perspective. That's been a challenge for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. we all get that. It's been hard to build relationships during the entirety of 2020, right? Uh, yeah, one of the biggest challenges of you trying to get into, into VC, well, 2020, the entire year. That was it. <laughs> for, there you go. We don't want to look back on this year for sure. Uh, well, actually, now that you mentioned looking back onto this year, or at the very least last year, it's 2021. Uh, do you think any of these changes that you've made that have happened, that have been made because of all this kind of stuff, do you think any of it will stay? And what do you think will leave past the pandemic once you think that, well, it ends? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. We talk about this question at the admin level often. We, we call it COVID keepers. What are we going to keep from COVID? You know, there, there are certain things that we very quickly want to get rid of as soon as we can. But I believe that we've kind of learned that we can be adaptable. We can be ever-changing. We can... We can do things in the classrooms that we didn't think we could. And I think education, the educational landscape as a result will, will change. I've been to some classrooms where I've seen teachers do things just in a different method. Mm -hmm. and, and they were forced to do it because of COVID, yeah. in my opinion. And I, and I, and I think they're, they're looking at these things saying, yeah, that, that's kind of it's kind of good. It kind of works. You know, I don't have to be, you know, lecturing for the entire time all of the time. There yeah. are some other ways of delivering the material and pretty efficiently. So I think the world is a volatile one. I think it's one where we need to understand where we are and where we can go. It's complex. And uh, in some cases, ambiguous. Mm -hmm. I spoke to the staff at the start of the year. One of my first, you know, presentations to them was on that acronym, the VUCA. I call it the VUCA world. We live in a VUCA world. And, and that is a world of volatility, a world of understanding, a world of complexity, and a world of ambiguity. Uh -huh. And because we live in that world right now, and COVID has really, has really opened our eyes to this VUCA idea... Uh, we, 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 we can adapt and, and we can change and we can see that some of the changes might be for the better. We are going to keep some things, well, at the very least, the good things that are going to come out of this pandemic. If the VC budget suddenly increased by $1 million, what would your first purchase be? Wow. <laughs> That's a great question. That's a hard one, by the way. I think I think I don't think I can point my finger at one particular thing. I, I think you know, based on my previous answer about living in a VUCA world, we have to be so adaptable and and so um, open to change. I, I think I think I'd let the teachers choose what they wanted. Oh, 
What would work work in their class that would make their presentation that much more efficient and useful for for the kids? Every teacher has his or her own style and and their own perspectives. And and to say we're going to get that one thing with that money might be attractive to some, but not so attractive to others. And if we couldn't do something for everybody, then everybody would have a say as to what we could do with that money. And then we'd collaborate together to find out what would be the best way to go. But to say there's one particular thing, I don't think I'm the guy to do that. I think the teachers need to come to the table with that. That's a, that's a safe answer. <laughs> but uh, if I'm I think the teachers would appreciate it, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There it is. Safe or not, the teachers would appreciate it. So, yeah, so like the stuff like um, Mike, the big Mike, the big speaker in Mr. Shin's class, right? That's what you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. That's, a, that's cool. That's cool. So, uh, right before we wrap up with the ending question, uh, we have a little segment here. We have a new segment. In our second episode, that's not quite surprising. It's the second episode. Everything's new. But we have we call it un- overrated or underrated. Uh, we're just going to throw a few different miscellaneous uh, topics at you. And just tell us, what do you think about it? Is, is it overrated or is it underrated? First one, 90s music. Overrated. Oh! Oh, no. I can, I can feel a lot of people already getting mad at that. I can, <laughs> I can feel it. Uh, what about electronic books? Underrated. You like electronic books, really? I've never felt good about it because it feels better to hold it in my hand with the pages. Uh, that's, that's my personal opinion. The convenience part to me is so mm, advantageous. Yeah, makes sense. Bow ties. Wearing a tie right now. What about bow ties? That's yeah, overrated. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can. Mr. Tresco is sitting in the back. Sitting in the back is just. <laughs> I own one bow tie. One bow tie. I own one bow tie. I would wear it only if I'm going to a very formal function. Um, you know what? That's more than that's more than most of us. <laughs> uh, okay, what about Ontario winters? Comparison, comparison, for example, our winters. Well, I'm loving this. This is outstanding. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this wet. Um, I have not seen the wet that people tell me about, to be honest with you. I'm not feeling it. (laughs) All right, all right. I bought myself a bike when I got here, and I'm doing a ton of biking, and I'm loving it. And I could not do that in Ontario at this time of the year. Uh, And there's pretty much my weekends are spent biking out here, which is quite impressive. He's happy about the bike. He doesn't like the snow in Ontario. Uh, Procrastination. What do you think about that? You're going to get me in trouble with that, but I'm I'm, going to say it's overrated because I think people can eventually get done what they need to get done as effectively as they want. I see your point in that. That makes sense. Uh, What about the cafeteria cookies uh, at our school at VC? They're way overrated. Oh no! Oh no! You're gonna have a mob at you at school tomorrow. You're gonna have a mob at you this is the moment this thing comes out. You you know what you've done. <laughs> so so one of my passions and hobbies is to cook, 
and, ah, and, and so, okay. and so I, I kind of pride myself on what I can do in the kitchen. Oh, okay. So, so things on the outside are usually overrated for me because huh. my kitchen is pretty good. <laughs> you know, you know what? You, you, we're gonna see him pop up a, a cooking club. That's what we're gonna see. We're going to see Mr. T make a cooking club. Get on it now. <laughs> uh, I cook on the encounters. I'm doing the encounter uh, really? dinner on, on, on Sunday, and I did the last one. It's just a barbecue, but... Hmm. He testified it's very good. Oh, there we go. We have, a, we have a background. We have a third party saying that it's good. We have a, we have a witness. <laughs> uh, what about the, the, this year's, last year's, whatever you want to call it, 2020, 2021, political drama? You, to the U.S., the U.S. political, which uh, or the or the which the, one the are you US talking one, about? The U.S. one. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't have much time for the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I may offend some people with that, but no, completely overrated. Oh, all right then, and uh, two more. College football, but I think I know the answer you're going to give me for that one. College football? Yes. Totally underrated. Yeah, there it is. Totally underrated. Those those guys are uh, those guys are specimens for sure, and they're they're playing a game that they love. They're all, they want to get to where you know to a professional level for sure, but it's there's a there's a pure spirit in college athletics that you don't see in in the professional world for sure. Yes, of course. Credit where credit is due, right? Kanye West, uh, underrated or overrated? Kanye West. I've heard some things about this guy. I, I don't know much about him, but I've heard some things. Um, yeah, it depends which way you look at it. From where it depend, from my perspective, I would say he's overrated. Oh, uh, Kanye fans. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about it either. It's fine. But, but I, yeah. I got to tell you, I don't know much about that. The, the, it's it's the whole that whole scene is not very attractive to me. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, just mm. just you wait, just you wait until he becomes president. <laughs> so uh, one more thing, anything to close us? Anything to just close us out on? I, I think what you guys are doing with this club is is, is fantastic. He's advertising uh, for us. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I mean, I think it's a great experience. Uh, it teaches you a lot about uh, various things. There's a lot of skills being developed here. Uh, I'm not sure what the publication uh, perspective is, where yeah. does this go? Uh, but there's certainly a forum to create some good messages as well and get those out there. So yeah. kudos mm -hmm. to you and Mr. Treskow for organizing this, for Thank sure. You. Thank you. And there you have it, the first episode of Minds Behind the Madness, and we begin with the head honcho himself, the assistant principal, Mr. Frank Trentadue. Thank you for your time. No problem. I, I'd add. I'd add also, like I said earlier, you know, building those relationships. Uh, you, feel, you know, I try to spend my mornings in the hallways. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys noticed that. Uh, you know, but 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 you know, uh, come up and talk. Come up and see me. Yep. You see him in the halls? Go talk to him. You now know everything there is to know about him after all, after listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Vancouver College Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe, as well as stay tuned for our next podcast, wherever you find your podcast, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else.
Make a cooking club. People will probably be interested. You're the, the first guy to sign up, though. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. Up. 